Hello, all you bootstrappers and visionaries. You're listening to the Spark Ideas podcast, where we discuss all things startup, entrepreneurship, and developing your bright idea into something that will change the world. I'm your host, Nicolette, and my co-host is the awesome Ahmed. Today, uh, we are going to be speaking to... Joshua. Joshua is in Zem and he is doing amazing things in the startup space. So welcome to the podcast, Josh. Uh, tell us, who are you and what do you do? Okay. Uh, thank you very much. I'm humbled to be on your platform. Um, I'm Joshua Tadira. I'm based in um, in Zimbabwe. I'm a young entrepreneur, but um, um, what I'm what I'm actually doing is uh, I work with young entrepreneurs. I'm a founder of a youth organization um, that's uh, focusing on business and entrepreneurship. So I've uh, we've quite a huge number uh, of young entrepreneurs who, who you know who just ventured into business with quite a number of uh, startups, registered and non-registered, uh, and I also run few startups as well as a young entrepreneur or as a young person or as a young African, you know what I mean, who's trying to bring African solutions, you know, to our African problems, yeah. Awesome, that sounds great. Um, I understand your organization is called Africa Arise? Yes, 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 yes. yes. All right, so what, what exactly does Africa Arise do? Okay, so um, Africa Arise, what we do is we focus on, um, one thing that we realized us, Zimbabwe, to be specific, is we don't really have the right role models to teach us how to, you know, how to maneuver certain things or certain elements in business. So you realize in business there are different thematic areas, you know, that you need to cover to be, you know, to be a world-renowned uh, business person. So what we then decided to do was, why can I not tell, why can I not start something that can be, give back to the youths who are in business to help them flourish or in their enterprises? So what we did is we started by doing masterclasses. You know what I mean? So what we would do is we had partnerships with banks like Stewart Bank, um, the, with the Millennial Banking Department of Stewart Bank. Then we also had to get other connections from other people so that we can get access to these people. We can tap in their realm so that uh -huh. we, you know, we get the right, the right, um, the right mentorship on how to run our businesses and do all uh -huh. these things. So what we started doing, we started doing uh, our masterclasses. Then from masterclass, we started doing pitch events. From pitch events, we started, you know, get, um, getting other people to help us on how to, to get sponsorship, how to get funding and all that. So what we do is you then realize as Africa Rise, we have uh, different groups in Africa Rise. There's someone who has enough money and enough resources, but he doesn't have or she doesn't have the know-how, you know, uh, to run uh. a business. So what we do is we get you mentors. We get you someone who's in your trade. Let's say you're an engineer. And you're looking for someone with an engineering company. We look for that person and we make sure you have a right mentor till you feel like, yo, I'm ripe and ready, you know, to take uh, the market, you know, or uh, to do on my own. You know what I mean? So that's what we do. Then we realize you have someone with a brilliant idea, but no funding, no funds. So what do we uh, do? We help you get the funds. You know what I mean? Oh, you have uh, someone with funds. Their idea is there. Everything is there. But it's like the marketing strategy is poor. You know, he doesn't have the market. He doesn't have the market. What do we do? You know, we bridge that gap. You know, we are there to bridge that gap. So, you know, we focus on different elements, you know, that help our youth to flourish in their different uh, different areas. So you realize wow. that they are, they, are, they are diverse challenges that these guys face. You know what I mean? So that, this, yeah. is what we are, this is what we are trying to do. We're just trying to cover, you know, a magnitude of problems that we face as young entrepreneurs. 
that's yeah. definitely and, and to be honest, we do face a magnitude of problems. Sometimes the problems can't even be finished. And it's very interesting that you're talking about mentorship. On another podcast recently, Ahmed had, you know, asked um, a podcast guest, you know, who are some of the people that um, he has looked up to. And it's so crazy how there's so many people and sometimes entrepreneurs that want to make their own mistakes instead of learning from someone else's mistakes. And I always find that to be incredible whenever I hear about it or whenever I think about it, because I always think it is best if someone else can show you that, hey, you know what, if you go in this direction, you know, something's going to go wrong versus, you know, you deciding, well, I'll figure it out by myself. You know, I mean, it just, it saves a lot of heartache. And um, yeah, I think we can all agree that the entrepreneurship journey is actually filled with more than enough heartache, you know, and like you said, you know, there are people that um, have lots of resources, but they don't actually have the mentorship or the know-how to actually build really strong businesses. I mean, how often have we seen, let's say, a celebrity start a business, for instance, they have the money, they can hire people uh, to do all of the stuff for them. But, you know, at the end of the day, we actually find that their businesses actually fail. Even seasoned business people sometimes launch into a concept and the, the concept fails. And uh, so I feel like mentorship is something that is that is very, very important. But at the same time, I think, you know, you need to be the type of person who can be mentored, somebody who is, um, I guess I would say, humble enough to, you know, accept it when someone else is, you know, trying to give you advice or trying to show you the way. You are right. Um, I think the other thing that one thing that I can tell you is when it comes to to entrepreneurship, our generation is the fatherless generation. You know what I mean? Um, we've been trying to teach ourselves how to do these things. You know what I mean? Even our fathers, they don't have, uh, they yeah. don't really have, they, they failed to invest in that. And it's like you know, I believe wealth. Mm. If we want to create wealth as Africa, or if you want to leave a legacy as Africa, we need to mm. teach the younger ones. You know what I mean? And the yeah. statement, there's one statement that I that I don't like because we are told the youth are the leaders of tomorrow, but we are in our prime stages. We are in, in our prime, in our prime time. We are the leaders of today. Yeah. But what are we doing? And what our what what is it that our leaders are doing, or you know our our our, our fathers are doing to help us yeah. to, to help us grow these businesses or to grow the you know the business acumen. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. there is a gap. And uh, I don't know how best we can bridge that gap, especially with the seasoned entrepreneurs and the young entrepreneurs to say, okay, we have created this world for you guys, but how are you going to maintain this world and also double it? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. where the problem, the problem yeah. is. So that's what we're trying to, that's the gap that we're trying to bridge and say, you know, let's reach out to these guys. Maybe they don't see it that way. Um, mm. They're also, they're looking from a point of, you know, self-glorification. Okay, this is what we've done. In my days, in my time, you know, I did one. Oh my time, you know god! I mean? Don't don't even get me started on that lecture. Every time I hear one of my parents going, well, "You know, when I was younger, my ears just completely <laughs> closed." But it's very profound what you're saying about how as entrepreneurs in the now, we are really a fatherless generation. You know, somebody I I heard somebody make a comment a few months ago. They said, "You know." It, it is very common to find some of these older people with the farm with lots and lots of kettle, like 500 head of kettle. But the kids are going to school with no shoes, you know. But the person is like even refusing to just even sell the one cow 
you know, just to like say, okay, now this one car, let's sell it, let's buy school shoes, um, you know, let the children not suffer, you know. And I think maybe it has to do with the fact that, you know, our generation views wealth as something that is ongoing and there's a process of reinvesting into it. And I think we have a slightly bigger risk appetite, you know, in terms of using money to start things. Whereas I kind of feel like the previous generation was taught to accumulate it, just to accumulate as much as possible. And then when you die, you're going to leave something for your kids. But then there isn't that focus on, hello, the kids are here today. They need things here today you know and is this mentality of just hoarding wealth kind of i guess being almost like a scrooge mcduck actually you know benefiting anything but i i don't know i kind of feel like yeah the the entrepreneurship thing is very very new i mean when i did my degree in entrepreneurship it was everyone was like what there's such a thing as a degree in entrepreneurship and that was like 2013 you know when i graduated which was just like seven years ago but now it's becoming more mainstream but then back then everyone thought i was crazy for even studying something like that people like don't you want to become a doctor or an engineer you know because i guess there is that bit of mentality that um you know entrepreneurship is for people who have failed in life you couldn't make it in any other career so you decided to start selling things yeah and the other thing is i think that the issue is you know the issue is not about living wealth you know uh, it's about are we going to are we uh, are we going to be able to sustain the world you know what i mean when you live the world for us, they say don't give a man a fish, but teach a man how to catch fish. You know what I mean? Because you realize here in Zim, we know a lot of businesses, thousands of businesses. Oh, the dad was a millionaire. What happened? When the dad died, oh, this guy sold everything. This guy started doing this and this and this, and they are on zero. Now they are very poor. What happened? You know what I mean? So we cannot wholly blame the children. You know what I mean? So it's about, yeah. you know, it's about passing the button stick whilst you're still there. Not whilst you, whilst you're in your grave, then you're like, oh, the will is now being read. So your dad left you this fortune. Your dad left you this. Am I able to sustain that? You know what I mean. That's the other thing as well. So the okay. businesses that we see today that have been that have been built that are so successful. You know what I mean. What are the fathers or the owners of those businesses doing to make sure these businesses are going to be to be sustained? They're going to live forever. Till Christ comes, you know what I mean. Uh, That's the other thing, you know. Um, but what you're saying is really, is really helpful, and um, it's something. I think the thing is our educational system, and when you know when colonialism came here in Africa, when they said, "Oh, let's go, let's do scramble and partitioning for Africa, let's enlighten Africa," you know what I mean. The system yeah. that the master left us, that the master gave us, was not for us to start our own thing. The master only wanted us to get employed, you know. Get a few mm -hmm. coins, take your kids to school, yeah. and pass that same system. So it's a system that the master left for us. You know what I mean? So it's it's yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's really a mental thing where our system, our educational system, our university system, we need to change. Why do I have to study um, German German history? You know yeah. what I mean? Why do yeah. I have to do? Uh, there are certain things that are in our educational system in Africa that are not relevant. That you see, good after university, those things they don't work. You know what I mean? We really need practical things. Practical things that relate to where I come from. If I'm in Zimbabwe, we have a lot of land, um, we have uh, we have minerals, you know. There's certain things, we have certain areas that we need to focus on so that we can make this our Africa great or Zimbabwe great. You know what I mean? So it's, it, it all circulates, it all resonates around, 
you know, around our educational system. It's something that we need to change, you know what I mean, and fight for as a generation. Because I'll tell you something, in Zimbabwe, there's no degree such as entrepreneurship or whatever. You hear about courses like business management and all that, you know, but they're not, they're not that deep. They're telling you how to manage your master's business, not your own business, you know, because it's a template, you know what I mean? So I think we still have a long way to go as, as, as Africa or as Zimbabwe. You know, personally, we have a long way to go and we have a lot of things that we need to change. Yes, sir. You know, from what you're saying, you have said um, one of the greatest truths I've had all day. And one might question or wonder or to personally ask you, what might have compiled you to pioneer in such a field to assist yourself or even to assist other entrepreneurs? Or rather also, um, which hurdles might you might have um tickled you to get into this um, atmosphere of, of entrepreneurship or endeavor? Okay, so this is the thing, you know. Um, I, when I was in college, I, I, I got, I, I went for my attachment. Then during the attachment, I think two months later, I got a job, right? At a big, mm -hmm. you know, television station here in Zim. Um, yes, then I also started working for the radio department as well. But it was the system that I didn't like, you know, where you have to be at work at 8 a.m., do this. Um, but you're not doing it for yourself to grow. I then realized, you know, you do the self-introspection and say, okay, what have I learned? What have I gained? I've been here for the past four months. What have I learned? You know what I mean? You learn nothing. There is no growth. There is nothing. And I was like, nah, I don't think I'm ready to do this. I can't be here at 8 a.m., leave 4 p.m. and... You know, there's nothing that's really changing in my life besides getting a salary. You know what I mean? So what I then decided, no, I'm not going to work again. I don't want to do work. I don't want to do anything. I'm going to start something, you know. I'm a script writer, producer. I'll start doing that and see if I'm going to make money. If I don't make money, but I'll, I'll find other ways. You know what I mean? Then I realized there's all good. I also realized being a young, under, being a young entrepreneur at a younger age, I then realized, okay, what do I have to do, you know? Then I realized, you know, my friends actually were facing the same thing and they're also young entrepreneurs. You know, when you start something in your circle, you know, and two guys are like, yo, are you really sure? And everyone's like, yeah, so what do we do? So how do we do this? And you become the ringleader. And the circle started growing from five to 50 people, you know. 50, now you have, you know, maybe 60, 70 people will come to you and say, I'm doing music, how do I do this? I'm doing this, how do I do this, Josh? You know what I mean? So I think one day I went to church, that was for, for prayer, and I really had the voice of God saying, I want you to do this, and he actually gave me the name, Africa, right? And I was like, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? So the first time I was like, yo, I'm just going to do master classes, you know, from uh, every twice every month or once every month. You know what I mean? That was the agenda, you know? But now if you look at the, at the organization, it has grown with... Uh, a charity department, we are pushing a 42 million sanitary paid campaign here in Zimbabwe. Uh, we have an environment department. We also have a department that uh, that focuses on girl, on women and girls' rights. You know what I mean? So, yes. for me, what really pushed me was my friends, looking at my friends and the struggles that we're going through as young people. You know what I mean? You go to a bank yeah. and they tell you, I'm 19 years old. I want to start a business. And they tell you, so, you know, we need, what properties do you have? You know what I mean? Yes, for you to get mortgage, you need one, two, three, four, five. And I'm like, wow, the system, the system doesn't want to empower people with nothing. The system wants to empower someone from a middle class family going to an upper class family. What about those in lower middle class? 
Yes, you know what I mean? Those are the questions that we should ask ourselves. Because it doesn't mean we don't have brilliant ideas. We have brilliant ideas, but we don't have the resources. You know what I mean? Mm. We have the mm. vision, but we don't have the resources. So it was like, yo, we need to, we really need to fight this battle. We really need to push. We really need to see guys from the lower class going into the middle class or going into the upper class. But how are we going to do that? Because remember, they said the rich, the richer will become rich. The rich will become more richer. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was like, how do we break that barrier now? And how do we do it? How do we strategize to, to come from this angle, going to this angle? So it's a game of numbers. You bring numbers, you have numbers. People, the guys who are in the system will then look for you. You know what I mean? It's a game of numbers. So if you bring 5,000 yeah. people, someone wants to know, why is this young man doing this? And because now yeah. you have say and you have a following, we can now detect what we want to see. You know what I mean? So it's a game of numbers. We're just pushing numbers. And that's the strategy. And that's, I believe that's how we're going to, to sustain the vision and push the vision forward. I, I don't know if you answered. No, definitely. You do also remind me of oh, the main reason why, as a human being, we shouldn't be a trend follower, but actually we should be a trendsetter. And on top of that, um, you also remind me of um, a great word that I once had when somebody told me that um, God is not preparing a blessing for you, but actually is preparing you for the blessing that's already within you and within the world that he himself has created. True, 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 true. Yeah. And on still on that point, from what I've been hearing um you talking about and everything else, one I might also wonder what is there something that people seem to misunderstand about you, sir, that you would like them to know about you, either as an entrepreneur or as a human being out there? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh but what what I can say, I think Nicolette knows me the way I think and the way I look at things. You know what I mean? I don't really look at things the, the way other people look at things. I look at things from an African perspective because I believe I'm an African. You know what I mean? So we have African yes, problems that, that require African solutions. You know what I mean? So, what I'm, so that has been my angle where we have African people with a Eurocentric mind who want to fix African problems with a Eurocentric ideology. You know what I mean? Forgetting that we are Africans, we have our own African problems, we need our African solutions. You know what I mean? So yeah, the, um, George and I the, have actually gotten into quite a few debates about those kind yes. of things. So I think that's, that's why I feel like, you know, I'm not complicated, but that's why I feel like I don't really... He is very you know, complicated. Yeah, I love Oh, Do not listen. let him lie to you. He is a very yeah. complicated person. But someone yeah. his age, his thoughts are excessively complicated. I'm very much interested in a conversation that I also once had or thought of by myself. I don't think it's it's a fair question, but let's see how it goes. Do you think that if Africans were to close borders and live in silos, we'll actually become smart and innovative to the point where we fend for ourselves and even come to a point where we, we come up with our own educational structure, even get into manufacturing altogether? No, I, I don't think it's about borders. It's about the currents. Mm -hmm. And it's also about, uh, you know, having having power over the means of production, over our raw materials and everything. You know what I mean? It's about currency, yes, number one. If you can have an African currency, we are good. It's not about borders. You know what I mean? African currency. You know what I mean? Begged with our mm. own minerals, we have our own reserves as Africans. You know, we have our own market as Africans. You know what I mean? Mm. That 
that's where it lies. You know what I mean? We have African resources. So what are we doing with African resources? Where are they being processed? You know what I mean? What's the African current? You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that's where it lies. It's not about borders, this person doing this. It's about having one mind, one vision. You know what I mean? Yeah. And having leaders who are ready to say we are here to unite and build Africa together and build an industry for Africa. An African industry, not a Zimbabwean industry. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yes. If Definitely. we can have a Zim- an African industry, an African ideology, an African strategy, an African vision, what's our vision is Africa? You know what I mean? And we work towards that. Mm. Then I'm telling you, we are home and dry. It's not really about this. You know, it's not really... I, I, I've realized a lot of us, we, uh, in Zimbabwe, a lot of people talk about politics. They blame our leaders and all that and all that. It's not about that. It's not even about that. We have better things to focus on is Africa. The thing is, we have, we have a linear perspective. You know what I mean? It's Africa. And, and yeah. us as Africans, we say, I relate, therefore I am. You know what I mean? We don't yeah. think in a straight line. We don't sit in a straight line. We sit in a circle. Why? Because we say, I relate, therefore I am. I need you. You need me. You know, together mm-hmm. we can build this Africa. So the thing, that's why yeah. I was talking about the, the, the Eurocentric ideology. It's linear perspective. Yeah. Yet yeah. as Africans, we are not like that. Yeah, yeah. Relational. Yeah. So uh, very interesting, very interesting to hear um how you think and what you think Africa could achieve and what it can be. So now also, what um if you would to if you were to have a billboard with anything on it, what would it have and why? A billboard. A billboard. I'll tell you something. My statement has always been, I relate, therefore I am. It's all about unity. It's all about love. You know, I need, we are a family. It's not a competition. It's a relationship. We are in a relationship as Africans. So I'll tell you yeah. something. It will be, I relate, therefore I am. And have a picture yeah. of different place, different people, you know, race, yeah. whether race, ethnicity or whatever. Ensure that there is yeah. love. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what's uh, going to help us as Africa. If we can have pure love, pure intention. You know what I mean? But then the, the question that I have now is really, is there that love then? I mean, amongst us. I mean, you know, the, the very funny thing is, I always say that, you know, let's say we look at the problem of xenophobia. I always say that, you know, or even racism, right? Every time you 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 take something away from a human being that they resent, they find something else to resent. Similar thing with xenophobia. Let's say you take out all the foreigners from any particular nation. Already you'll find the people within the nation segregating themselves into tribes and then fighting amongst themselves. Even then when they break themselves up into tribes, let's say one tribe comes out on top, then they're going to break themselves up into families within those tribes. You know, so I've noticed that with the human condition, a lot of the times it always searches for somebody to be superior to. Whether it is based on a racial element, whether it is based on a nationality, whether it is based on a tribal element, whether it's based on a, you know, on, on anything, you know, people find ways of separating themselves. So the question is, it's, it's great to talk about a united Africa and all of this, which is, I think, fantastic. I think it would be great because, I mean... If we look at the European Union, you know, it's pretty solid, except for the, the few states here and there that are like, ah, we want to leave, you know, but then the rest of yeah, them but, are like, we're but you know what's 
the so problem the question i have is how do we fix that that innate individualism that human beings strive for the problem is we allowed foreigners to write our history you know what i mean and we need to rewrite our history so that's the problem you come here in zimbabwe we have, we have debeles we have shonas we have kalangas we have uh, vendors and whatever whatever right the thing mm. is we didn't write our own history we allowed someone to write our history and our history is so biased that we don't even know who we are exactly. yeah but i mean even post you know? that post colonialism right now you know i've heard people yes, my I, age talking about tribalism and they yes, don't know anything is, about their history why are they still choosing to have a tribal mindset at our age okay. okay listen that's the thing that's the power of history that's the power of books that's why i told you it's a system you know what i mean in our history would pass history uh, or, or uh, knowledge or wisdom or strategies through oral tradition right uh-huh. but in this in, in these days now it's more about written things books uh-huh. novels now we have documentaries and uh-huh. imagine if you have someone who's telling your story on your behalf yeah it's so biased but because you don't have the power to say no what you're saying is wrong what does it mean to because let me tell you something um when we primary level here in zimbabwe and you hear different things you hear about uh, these white people did this to us this developers did that to that person and that person did that to that so you know what i mean and there's already hatred at primary school level uh-huh. but do we have authors do we have writers they are busy writing about like um i'm i'm, I'm a 35 year old but i feel like i'm a 15 year old you know what i mean so if i sleep with a 15 year old that's nonsense that's hogwash you know what i mean we have better things to do the first thing that we need to do is to write our history again okay possible. but then on you know on, I mean? on that part i do have to to put a bit a slight word of caution that not everyone is a historian and yes. um writing, writing but, is an but, art form but and do, do we have given, do we have historians wait. as africans given favorite. that it is an art form given that writing is an art form um each person should be able to choose their art and my no question, one should okay. be able to say my well why, is, why are you have, writing a book about this and okay, do we have that? do we have historians or authors in zimbabwe in africa maybe um amad can you answer that one do we have i think there are quite a lot of african writers and what, and what i don't they know done? about historians because i'm not a fan of um reading historical books and but I, pro- i am a fan of now. um fiction and i do know that there are quite a few writers that are writing um african that's the problem stories. the problem is we have a lot you know you know something this is what they say in film is called dispense of space uh-huh. so our historians and our writers are living in what we call sponsored space It okay so then is- so then fine how do we then democratize those spaces because look at the end of the day um we are blessed to live in a generation in which it is possible to disseminate any book it is literally free to publish online so what exactly is stopping us in your opinion from rewriting our history or or the way that you perceive it is to get that's what i was saying for us to to get that for us to get that we really need people we really need to build that africa 
with value. The Bible says a, ma- a poor man has no voice. That's the other problem that we have. We have no voice to change the system. And the question that um, Ahmad asked is centered around that. If we can build that Africa that we are talking about, the Africa that we want, it's going to be very easy for us to fight, fight Afro, Afrophobia or xenophobia. You know what I mean? Racism. It's going to be easy. You know what I mean? And if we start to that well, one, you can... I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it would be easy because at the end of the day, an oppressor never easily lets go of the ability to oppress others, unfortunately. It's a process. It is a process. But when we get there, it's going to be easy. If we um, get there, it's, going... it's not going to be is, easy. It might not happen in our... Yes, it might not happen in our generation. But if we start today, I'm telling you, in the next 50, 70 years, Africa will be a different continent. Okay. So here's the thing. I feel like we need um, very practical yeah. solutions to this, you know. For, because, for instance, I mean, yes. you guys don't mind chipping me in now because um, uh, the city is already getting hot. I'm talking about this change and what's going on right now and looking at the endeavor and the um the, the, the trail that we have left and already have started. Our, the audience out there would like to understand what for your program that you are currently running, right? What is that one thing that they should expect or rather um something that your program has did to your clients that you did not expect to for them to achieve, for instance? Uh- I, I think I I I think what we can say what we've managed to achieve is number one. Like I said, it's a game of numbers. The numbers are coming. We have the numbers. Number two, as we have also seen, you know, growth in our businesses. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm. I believe I be, I believe in intellect, the power of intellect and power of connections. But I also I'm a spiritual person. You know, I I I believe in divinity. You know, I believe in God. Um. So one thing that we've been doing as well is we've seen, you know, growth in terms of businesses. God has really been on our side. I can tell you we have um we have different guys who are into farming, who are into um not just farming. Um we also have guys um who um who are, who are doing different things. And what we can tell we can tell you is we, we have seen the growth of souls and we've also been doing pitch nights and pitch events and we've been giving out money. And a lot of people are doing different things. Last time, someone won ten thousand. Three weeks ago, someone won ten thousand, ten thousand dollars, and he managed to to grow his uh his chicken business. You know what I what I mean. So you know, I've seen yeah. so much growth. We've seen we've a lot of people have been helping us to mentor these youngsters. You know what I mean. And we've seen so much growth growth in terms of fin financials and also just the uh, personal growth in terms of how to how to grow yourself or how to nurture yourself into into being a, a business person that Africa wants, you know what I mean. So we've mm. seen we've seen you know tangible and non tangible results in Africa, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, seems like you are so so a spiritual uh, human being, so if I to say. But now I have a very interesting question for you right here, even for the audience that might also be interested to hear it. Um. If you were to go to heaven, or if heaven rather existed, what would be that one word that um, you would like to hear from God? Faithful servant. Is it pertaining to all of the um, activities that you believe you have done, or the purpose that you think you might have fulfilled on earth? Yes, 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 yes. I believe so, because remember, we are here, and if you don't do what you're supposed to do, then there is a problem between you and your God. You know what I mean? 
So I believe as long I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, achieving the results that God wants me to do, walking in the ways that God wants me to walk in, regarding making impacts, you know, in yeah. my country or in my continent, I feel like, man, I'll be home and dry. You know, yeah. I would really want him to say, yo, man, you ran the rest <laughs> and you've managed to finish the rest. You know what I mean? Obviously, yeah. there are obstacles, but, you know, we don't choose our battles. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We have to face our battles, you know. You need to be gangster as well. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you also remind me of a quote that says, um, life is not necessarily a sprint, but rather it's a marathon, based on the fact that within, when a person takes on a marathon in their life, that is not getting into life itself. There are days where there are seasons where you feel like, hey, bro, this, this is not the season. But as much as we love to reap in the autumn or in, in the correct season, we also need to learn or find ways to also reap in the winter and enjoy the seasons as they come and as they go. With that, um, what um, fruit would you say you might be if you're given an opportunity to be a fruit? I've never thought of that, man. Fruit! <laughs> Yo, but, but one thing that I know is um, Jesus says I'm, I'm the true vine. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah and every branch. I, I think I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be part of the vine. I'll be a branch on your vine, you know? Produce should, should have asked him what kind of alcohol he would be, not what kind of food. <laughs> I'll be Coca-Cola. Mm. He, would be co- he would be straight up straight up vodka, actually. That's just It's just one of those drinks that just looks like, oh, just look, it's just this clear liquid. Oh, it looks like water. The next thing you drink it and then ah! ah! I get you. I get you. I get you in that one. All right. All right. Okay. I accept. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let me just wrap it from my side, but I'll wrap it up by asking you, um, what is that um, maybe your favorite four quotes that you might tell to the audience or your, your word of advice to the audience? My word of advice? Hmm. Ah. As an elder. Wow. Hey, who's elder? Hey. I'm not even. I'm 23, sha. You're an elder to a 16 year old. Okay. Tell us, elder Josh. I, I like the fact that you said you are not an elder. Yesterday, I had a very nice um talk with Nicolette. We talked about how do we validify a maturity. Is it by age or by mindset? So if you're 23 and you're mature, then you're an elder. Uh, I don't think so, man. Uh, uh, you don't think you're mature, huh? huh? Uh-huh. I, I don't think so. I don't think oh, so. Man. Okay, that's very interesting. Okay, um, uh, let's 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 call him Brother Joshua. Brother what Joshua, yeah. What advice do you have for your younger siblings that are coming up in the startup journey? I think what I will tell them is whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Who is he who overcomes the world? He who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So I believe if you're born of God and if you're a child of God, if you're a child of God, you're born to be a success, you're a success, you're a blessing. Nothing can stop you. He says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. What you just need to do is to be in Christ. Don't walk with Christ, walk in Christ. You know what I mean? So I think that's the biggest secret that I can give give them. And everything will be possible. Mm. 
The word says enter pastor Josh. Anyway, <laughs> at the last picture, maybe that I can give them it says um Christ um Christ was rich in wisdom. So you need to be rich in wisdom, understanding a strategy. It's good to have wisdom, but if you don't have strategy, if you don't have a strategy, if you don't have a divine strategy, it's gonna be hard for you to make it in life because there are a lot of people that are like, Oh, he's so intelligent, he knows everything, he knows the stars, he knows, he knows, he knows. He knows everything, man. If you ask him of anything, he knows. He has the understanding. But he doesn't have the the, the strategies, you know. He doesn't carry mm. the right strategies to change his life, to make that understanding, that wisdom into money. And you just need mm. the strategy to make that. You just need, you need to combine your wisdom and your understanding plus a strategy, a divine strategy. Boom, everything mm. turns into gold, man. So I think yeah. that's what I can do. Great stuff, great stuff. Actually, um, I, I was once reading an article, I said a year ago, uh, when this whole vibe of, um, fourth, um, what do you call it? Fourth industrialization, what not, what not. So now a person asked for what is the fifth, uh, fifth, what is it called industrial, what, 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 but the, the fifth industrial, um, something, I forgot the word, but it's also wisdom. Looking at the fact that whatever you have learned from the fourth, um, industrial revolution, what it's how you're going to apply it with the fifth, um, revolutionary industry. So it's wisdom, the ability to apply what you have learned. Deep. So that's Deep. the next big thing. Deep. Definitely. So do you have anything more to say, Nicolette? My host? Hey, you know what? If I say anything more, Josh is going to keep us on this podcast for another two hours. Because this guy is talking. Ah, yeah. Wow. Nicolette, I've been on a call with you, and sometimes I spend 40 minutes listening to you. 40 minutes listening to what? Don't tell lies. Man of God, you should be ashamed listening of yourself. To your, listening to your theology. Shameless. Shameless. Listen to Aye. you, man of God. Okay, let me keep quiet. Mm. But thank you very much um, for being on our show. And for everyone who is listening, thank you for listening in. If you have any questions or comments about the podcast, please put them down in the comments. So, Josh, if people want to get in contact with you or find out more information about Africa Rise, where can they get that information from? So you can visit our, we are, we are, all, we are on all social media platforms. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube. You are on all social media platforms. Is Africa Arise Youth? Africa Arise Youth with um the, our logo is like a, is like an emblem of uh with blue color. We also have another one, um Africa Arise Charity and Africa Arise Queens as well. Um, those are those those are the media platforms that you can you know you can get in touch with me. All right. Awesome. Thank you very much for being on the show. You all heard how you can connect with Josh uh, and follow him and what he is doing with the entrepreneur. So until next time, keep being creative, keep developing your ideas and keep being awesome.